guys, this is Zachary Shiloh. Okay, now it's gone. All right. Hey, guys, this is Zachary Shiloh. Welcome to another episode of Black Lions Airspace. <clears throat> Please email me at zachshi130 at gmail.com. Also, follow my link tree, which should take you to multiple means of listening to this show. Please subscribe to my YouTube page, which is home of Black Lions Eyesight. Welcome to the third episode of Roaming Around Black Lions Domain With. Well, my guest has been a dear friend of mine for the past year or so. He's been a mentor, the previous uh, episode's guest. He has been, I believe, one of the most trans-setting podcasters in our generation. He is by the fans, for the fans. Without further ado, this is Conrad Cushman of Introduce Your Show, sir. Everything Pro Wrestling. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate that. Uh, your words are too kind. Um, and I'm glad to be back on your podcast once again. So it's an honor to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I remember last year you were one of the people who really pushed me to do this when I was actually on social media. And we'll talk about social media when we get around to it. Well, I actually did say when you actually had me on uh, EPW that I would have you on eventually. Well, that time is here. Thank you very much for the support. And let's just rock and roll. Let's. All right. Now that the intros are done, our history, or before we really get into our history, <laughs> congratulations on making over 100 episodes of EPW, if I understand correctly, sir. Yes, yes. Uh, we did over 100 episodes last Tuesday. Technically, it's more than that, but I don't count some of the uh, time during Brainbuster. Um, until I started doing like the dual uploads and everything else, but I definitely have way over a hundred, but I wanted to say it was a hundred official ones where I planned to do it on Tuesday. It was going to the podcast for the people. So yes. And it was because of everyone else motivating me to do it and people listening to the show. So, <laughs> and it's absolutely an honor to be a part of that history. Now, speaking of history, I believe we started talking, I think, after Brain Busted really started to take off. Wolf, as I've actually said time again, he pulled me aside and in private, he was telling me about this hodgepodge of uh, podcasters that he was bringing on. Among them, you were really in the conversation. And he was telling me how you were actually everything pro wrestling. You weren't just uh, like Joshy Boy and Kevin who mainly stuck to WWE or uh, some other people who had a niche for certain companies like the Dragon's Den Girls who are actually mainly New Japan. You have actually did WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan. So many others. 
Yes, I, I tried to cover everything. Um, when I made the name back in 2016, I believe it was, um, everything pro wrestling was just a general concept that I thought it'd be cool just to talk about everything that's happened in the world of pro wrestling. Fast forward to, what was that, three years ago at that time, so it'd be 2019, um, I was regretting picking that name because there was so much pro wrestling on the scene and news to cover. Um, you've been around. You did a roundtable with me for New Japan. You did one for me with uh, AEW. I try to cover it all, and I love it all so much that I wish I just had more hours to devote to watching it and being enthralled in some of the things going on, but it's so tough to keep up with every single thing that's happening in the world of pro wrestling so i dabble it in a lot uh, to channel our dear friend uh mags and anybody else from the uk uk jesus what that, that, that's possibly why i actually got burnt down because there's so much wrestling going on man i was trying to keep up with uh new japan ring of honor uh gcw which we bonded over a little bit Mm-hmm. Oh, what else was I into? God, NWA. NWA's come up since then. MLW is a great show that I wish I had more time to watch every week. Oh um, my. AAA's putting on great stuff too. I just don't have the means or the time to watch all of it when I can. Uh huh. I remember actually being in that original core of MLW fans. Many people don't remember this, but MLW. Before, I think, uh, when did they start resurfacing? 2018? I think they started in 02, around the same time Ring of Honor and all that stuff was starting to pop up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are correct. When they actually reformed, I thought, oh, wow, okay, this is something that I could possibly get into. And then we had the likes of uh, Shane Struckman, or excuse me, let's actually use his slave name. Isaiah Swerve Scott, uh, who else was there? The Rottweilers, um, so many other heads that are low still key. going. You had Loki, Conan, there were a lot of people. Oh man, they actually had the fire squad right there, and I'm still in awe that they're still running right now. Yeah, Court Bauer's a a great mind for pro wrestling. Um, Just from what I've heard from him on different podcasts and the things people say about him, uh, Court seems like a truly creative person and has a lot of great ideas for that company. Oh, yes, he does. I remember actually hearing him and just talking to him for a little bit because when I was on Twitter, I actually was able to get a hold of him for a, a pitch. And... He was actually appreciative of the fans who actually stuck by him since day one. And I'm a part of that original group because I actually saw some of that actual world that he was in. And I said, oh, man, this feels like old school ECW. Not only that, but it was original for its own thing at the time because, as you said, Ring of Honor and what we have gone to call Impact Wrestling and actually had uh, different incarnations of names. Oh, boy. Somehow, some way, MLW did not really 
get lost in the shuffle. And congrats to Court Bauer if he ever listens to this. Yeah, yeah, they they've done some great things. Lots of lots of stuff happening in the world of pro wrestling, man. Oh man. And we will touch upon that, but before we really get yeedy, as I actually touched upon yesterday, we actually will acknowledge this right now. The coronavirus is something that I didn't want to really touch upon originally. But talking to people like you, my uh, surrogate dad, uh, who I actually featured as my first real guest on it, has actually brought me to the forefront of this thing. We need to address it. Ladies and gentlemen, as it stands, WWE still plans on going through with WrestleMania, despite this very nasty epidemic going on. Conrad, what is your thoughts on this? Uh, the the entire coronavirus thing is ruining so many things, and I get it. We, we're we're trying to be safe. People are out here going nutty over toilet paper, paper towels, hand sanitizer, soap. You should have been washing your nasty ass hands from the beginning, in my <laughs> opinion. But um, yeah, people are out here going crazy to get these things to stock up on it. Uh, we're seeing some really, really like ugly things come from it. Uh, I know at least in my area, we've had like long grocery lines, everything else. The other day, someone opened up a grocery line. They were like, oh, you should have went over there first. And I said, nah, let the let the older guy go first. He's got all this stuff. And in, in New York, we don't have plastic bags anymore. They got rid of them. So how are people supposed to hurry up, come into the store and carry stuff out? It's just been a mess since like the beginning of March. The last two weeks have just been a mess. And um, you bring up the coronavirus, and this is going to bring up something interesting that's affecting a lot of stuff that affects my brand. Uh, I was supposed to go to AEW this week in Rochester, New York. Now, that was a little bit of a drive for me, but I was going to go to the event and really just have some fun, man. I want, I've always wanted to see AEW live. It was a big deal. I was hoping for a really big show. Uh, I know people who were going to the New Jersey show the next week. We were, we planned on doing some really big things, and then poof, plans are all gone instantly. Uh, people were calling me up, I think, on Thursday or Friday, and they were like, dude, I think Dynamite's getting canceled. I heard rumors is getting canceled. And then we finally go through all of the fake news, the real news, the bits and pieces, and we find out Dynamite was canceled. So it's hurting me. Then there's the rumors of, well, we're canceling the NBA season. We're canceling XFL. We're canceling people from coming into Raw, SmackDown, NXT. I'm like, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like this since I've been alive to where they're canceling sporting events and everything else. This is something truly different that I've ever seen in society. Um, Very crazy. And you brought up WrestleMania. This is going to be different. Because you know, if it was up to Vince McMahon, this show would still be going on. He does not care about this coronavirus. He would take precautions and everything else, but I think Vince would really want this show to go on no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we listen on a, a B pay-per-view Vince kept the show going when one of his superstars passed away in the ring. Um, oh, Vince Jesus. really lives. Uh, and Rest I'm not trying to be a jerk, but, but Vince lives by the, uh, the motto, the show must go on no matter what. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and I get it. So in heart, but right now Vince McMahon doesn't have control over any of this. It's the people of Florida, the people of Tampa. Uh, is this going to affect them? All the people who were coming internationally over, they can't come now. It's over. And that's another problem with uh, Vince McMahon himself. Jesus Christ. The man should actually take lessons from different other companies and say, okay, we're not going to actually put our talent at risk. Plus, WWE, more so uh, Stephanie, like to throw up this big banner that they're philanthropists and all this other. Yeah. Well, if they are truly philanthropists that care about the people, Jesus, what? Go and actually cancel the thing. Yeah, sure. I get it. I get it. Mania is the biggest show of the year. But this thing ain't no fucking joke. It is not. I don't care what Vince McMahon thinks because he don't care what we think. That they have to do something, whether it's moving it. I don't know if performing it in an outdoor arena is the best way. Honestly, to I don't have the answer for it, Zach. I don't know how the fans feel about watching it. I watched SmackDown this week. Most people are probably wondering, man, it's the road to WrestleMania. How come you're not doing Raw and SmackDown reviews? I've done it every year except for this year, and it's because I'm not feeling the brands right now in the lead-up to Mania. I, it doesn't feel like Mania to me. It hasn't hit me yet, at least I'll say. Oh, now, man. when you when you look at this, though, you see all the hype, all the buildup that they're trying to do, and then they have to perform in an arena with no fans. It just feels weird. I applaud the production team. I applaud everybody who went out there and made that show happen because that takes guts. That takes uh, moxie, if I could say that word. Uh, yes, it takes a lot. It, it takes a lot for them to go out there and do that. But I'm still not feeling the compellingness of the show. I'm not behind all of the storylines going into Mania. I don't think there's enough focus on a lot of people. I've been trying to catch up on... Uh, some of the ruthless aggression stuff, and I watched uh, Big Show's podcast with Stone Cold within the last two days, and what was uh, something else I watched this morning? Oh, Our Truce 24 or whatever, the documentary about him. That, that was compelling. That was compelling stuff, though. Like It made me respect Our Truth as a performer even more because I just thought about how long he's been in the game and how long he's been doing this. He's always been an important part of it. Um, whether you like it or not, he's always featured on TV. Those things are compelling. The stuff going into Mania, do I care about some matches? Yeah, there's one or two that I care about. But I want to care about the entire card like I used to. See WrestleMania 17. See uh, WrestleMania 19. WrestleMania 20. Uh, you can pick whatever Mania 14. I cared about those cards. Make me care about this card so bad that I'm like, dude, I, I can't miss this. I hear you. Speaking of our truth, I do care. Yes, I do. Because all three of us are African American, ladies and gentlemen. Not only that, but Ron Killings has been one of my favorite wrestlers since I was 15. No, not even 15. 
when did he debut in WWE? Originally, two thousand. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'll start two thousand. K Quick, man. K Quick, yep. Him and Road Dog. I was hoping back in those days that those two were gonna be the tag team champs. But Me too. yo, odds crazy story. They were my favorite tag team back then when they were like on the uh, up, up and up, trying to like move up the ranks a little bit. I really thought they could have been something. I used to love the Get Rowdy song. Come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Was, we get rowdy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the channel our dear old friend Queen. Yes. <laughs> that was great. Oh man, but times have changed and everything. Speaking of uh, WrestleMania, let's get into this. All right. I sent Conrad a uh, clip of a certain performance from 2002. It's almost 20 years old. And this guy is still going. I don't get it. I don't get it. And yet certain people from what it looks like, are entering this hodgepodge class of Hall of Famers this year. Conrad, would you like to elaborate on what I'm talking about a little bit more before I bust my gut laughing at this? Uh, the Undertaker OTR interview. Uh, this this goes way, way back. Um I can't think of the guy who was doing the interviews' names now. Uh, do you remember it? No, not off the top of my head. I can't think of it now. Uh, it's going to bug me. Now, now i got to look it up to see who it was. Uh, I'll go into a little bit of, while you look it up. Go ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen. While Conrad's doing his magic, Undertaker, somewhere before the end of that interview, has been quoted, and uh, don't take this word for word, that he doesn't want to stay past his prime. Well, here we are, 20 years later, Neil, and this guy is hobbling around still, still wrestling, and he's way past his prime. As I actually said to Mags on the previous uh, Roman around, I believe Undertaker's prime was 1999 to 2010. After that, especially when the streak was broken, he had no purpose, in my point of view. Oh, my God. And to hear this guy is still wrestling, it, it boggles my mind. Yet, Certain people like Goldberg, the Bella Twins, uh, who else is in the Hall of Fame going in? Um, the NWO, uh, DX. I'm surprised that they're all in or going in, but yet The Undertaker. He's still somehow, some way, jiving to fight. I believe now it's confirmed for sure. AJ Styles. I said this to Mags. What does AJ have to gain? 
by beating Undertaker at Mania. Undertaker does not have the streak anymore. He's been streakless now. Oh my God, it's got to be nearly six years. Uh, I found the name too. It was the name I was gonna say, and I'm glad I didn't say it. It was Michael <laughs> Lansford. Oh man. For off the record, uh, it was a TSN show. But yeah, if I could chime in with you, I guess as far as the Undertaker AJ Styles thing goes, um, I honestly feel that this should be a tag match, a handicap match. It should be Undertaker and Alistair Black versus AJ and the OC, and. You can still put on a banger of a match. I just think Taker's best utilized in tag team matches at this point in his career. Um, Amen. Yeah, I, I agree wholehearted. Jesus, why is Aleister Black not on this car? I always yet. saw him as the next Undertaker. Going back to his days in NXT. What that... Uh, mystic entrance that he has. If anybody should be fighting Undertaker and putting him to rest completely because Lesnar and Roman couldn't get the job done, Aleister Black is it. If not Finn Balor, Aleister Black because they actually fit the same mold completely. And plus, Black would become the new Undertaker for actually beating him. And that's my opinion. Did you hear my most recent idea for what they should do with him? For what I think, at least? So, so, but... Here, I'll I'll, I'll break it down for you. So, the exact same handicap match that I just proposed, the OC with AJ versus Undertaker Aleister Black happens. Then during that time period, I think you you can maybe squeeze out one more Taker Dream match at one of the uh, Sweet Saudi Money shows. Go <laughs> in, try and get um, Undertaker versus Sting, whoever you want Taker to get in there with one last time, right? Yeah. Cool. You finish it off with that, and I think Undertaker could retire at Survivor Series. This year? Well, think about it. He debuted in 1990, so that would be 30 years. Let of me the take Undertaker. Off my for a God bless. All right, continue. Thirty years of the Undertaker in the WWF or WWE, whatever you want to call it. Have that match with Alistair. Have some small little details showing, like, I'm gonna be the one to put you down. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe he saves the Undertaker a couple of times, and then, and then for points leading up to that afterwards, Undertaker saves him because he feels like he owes him one. And then it leads to this uh, dispute between the two of who is going to be the leader of the darkness now, or whatever, however you want to put it. And you get Aleister Black versus Undertaker. Taker goes in one good time, and nobody's kicked out of the Black Mass. And I'm giving you more details than I gave anyone else. Nobody's kicked out of the Black Mass. Have Taker be the first one to maybe kick out of it. Aleister Black is shot. And then you could have him deliver two more. It could even be a buried alive match for all we know. You can have Taker just get up from them, so that way the move's still protected. And Aleister Black is finally the one to put down the Undertaker, and Undertaker disappears. Yes. Please take my money. That is 
the greatest scenario that somebody could paint. Yes. If you can't get Lesnar or Roman to really put down The Undertaker, Aleister Black puts him down in a buried alive. Yes. Yes, yes. And this is why he's EPW, folks. Make make a new star. I was there at 33. I thought he was done after that. I so really thought I, he was finished. So did I. I was kind of like the, the fat guy that actually you could actually see being memed. Going, <laughs> eh, it's over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I just think from that interview with The Undertaker, Undertaker said he didn't want to stay past his prime. Has he at this point? Yes, but I'm going to play devil's advocate, too. I think that The Undertaker is someone who has contributed a lot to pro wrestling. When pro wrestling was bad, you could always count on an Undertaker. You could always count on a Bret Hart, a Shawn Michaels, a Kevin Nash, a Razor Ramon. Some of these guys were there during bad times. And um, I appreciate those dudes, man. And I get it that there's there comes a point in time where he needed to hang them up. And maybe he stayed past uh, his prime. But if they're writing the checks, man, you got it. You don't leave money on the table. That's what a wise man once told me. You take as much money as they're going to give it to you. Vince is writing the checks, and that's what people want to see. That is word. That is legit. What is Vince McMahon's uh, saying? Uh, money talks and the bullshit walks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, the the rest of Mania to me sounds like a complete dumpster fire. Seriously, like, why are you bringing back Hall of Famers who have really been forced to retire because of very bad injuries? Why, yeah, yeah, like Edge. And Beth Phoenix, they're both back. Oops, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, that's a little bit of a spoiler. Okay, folks, let's go into a little bit of rumors. <clears throat> it's supposedly said that Beth Phoenix is supposed to tag up with uh, Natalia to face the Kabuki Warriors for the women's tag titles. And at this point, uh, Edge is supposed to face Randy Orton in a clash of uh, RK, rated RKO <laughs> in a no holds spot. Conrad, please actually come up with a thought on those two rumors. Uh, as far as the women's tag match goes, okay. I mean... It's it's nothing bad. Natalia's always been in this kind of spot, and Beth Phoenix is already a Hall of Famer, right? So yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, she went in just I, about a few years ago. I don't know who this is helping by having them compete for the belts, but whatever. At this point, I mean, it's what it is. As long as I get to see Kyrene Sane and Oscar come out on a pirate ship, I don't care. Ooh. All right, <laughs> you're in Tampa, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like it should just happen. All right, give uh, her a dope entrance for that. Um, Kyrie Sane and Oscar, I cannot say anything negative against them. I am still a fan of theirs, respectively. Uh, 
they do no wrong in my house. None. As far as Edge coming back, I I just hope the guy is going to be okay. I think Randy Orton's going to take good care of him, though. Randy Orton is someone, I've met him, he's cool as hell. Um, Randy Orton is one of the best to be in the ring with there. And I think that this has really helped Orton as well. Because Orton looked like he was going back towards being a babyface, and then they turned him heel again like that. So that Orton was, is better. That was shocking. Yeah, Orton's way better in this role, in my opinion. Like, let the guy be a heel. That's who he's naturally put as. Everybody's riding on the high of Edge right now. Let Edge get his couple matches that he wants out of this. I think Edge is someone who, could you put the world title on him again? Absolutely. Uh, If you wanted to, let Edge rock like that. Edge is someone who we've wanted to see. When he came out for the Royal Rumble, we all knew it was happening. But once we saw it happen, it was still great. I don't care. Uh, as soon as I heard that, you think you know me, like, I had the goosebumps just like he did. You could see it in his face. He looked like he wanted to cry when he went out there, like, yes, I get to do this. I can go out on my terms. This is a great thing. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing Edge back. This is one of the matches I'm looking forward to, actually, for WrestleMania. Oh, that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I just okay. want to see uh, Tell me if I'm wrong with uh, some of the other matches I'm thinking of right now. Okay, Slated to still happen is uh, Brock Lesnar versus the Royal Rumble winner, Drew McIntyre, for the WWE Championship, correct? Correct. That is another one that I'm really looking forward to. I like the buildup of this. I'm just fearful because Lesnar lost last year to Rollins very quickly, which I did not predict that. I'll admit I got that one wrong. Um, (laughs) I definitely didn't think we were going to see that, but they've had... Brock lose like that last year? Does he lose again is the question. So that's a tough uh, one to call. They should have him lose. If he's not going to be around, they need an actual world champion who's going to beat them. And McIntyre... time too. Drew's been waiting patiently since he came back. Oh my god. This takes me back to 2009. Didn't he actually debut for WWE on the main roster originally at that point? Um, I know he was in FCW for a little bit, and then he came up as the chosen one because of Vince, I believe. Exactly. And what did they actually say at that point in time? He was going to be the world's champion at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great way to bring this storyline full circle. Um, And for those who don't know what happened to him, this is the true story. He basically got de-pushed because of um, the former ECW general manager, Uh, I think she was an assistant. Maybe she was the GM. Tiffany, uh, they were married at the time. And I guess something happened to where Drew and her got into a dispute. And I think it was the Playboy Mansion or at a hotel or something. And authorities and police got called. And, you know, WWE doesn't like that type of publicity. And that started the downward trend of Drew McIntyre, led to him being in three-man band. But I think he was putting on great matches still. He was trying to figure out how to redeem himself. And it seemed like anything he did, it just wouldn't work. And hence why he had to leave for the next amount of years. The last time I saw him, before hearing that he actually got back to WWE, he was in uh, Impact Wrestling. And yeah, he eventually he became the world's Impact, um, What Culture Pro Wrestling. He was doing a lot of those. Oh, yeah, that too. I remember, I think, uh, this is, I think, 
when Lethal was still the Ring of Honor champion. I don't know if this was his first or something. I think it was his uh, his first ring. I remember there was a bill for a UK show, and both the TNA and Ring of Honor championships were on the line that same night. Oh, man. That's still mind-boggling. Okay. Let's see. What else is uh, slated to happen? I believe Braun Strowman, is he still the Intercontinental Champion? He is not. Sami Zayn ended up becoming the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, yeah. You actually reviewed the Elimination Chamber, and Sami Zayn actually won that belt. Okay. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, do you think that they're going to set up him facing Sami at some point? I don't know. See, originally, I thought the plan was going to be for Sheamus to challenge Braun. Because it's WWE, Sheamus hasn't been Intercontinental Champ yet. He brought it up on one of their shows. I think it was The Bump or something. Uh, He brought up that he has never been the Intercontinental Champ. Give Sheamus a focus. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and now with Sammy as champ, I don't know what to make of this. Because honestly, I want to see Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura. Oh. Don't ask me why. I think Brian said he wanted to wrestle him back when he was in New Japan still. I want to see this match. So do I. If there is one match to get Zachary Shiloh to actually say, you know what, I can't stand up WWE, but it will actually make me pay to watch it. Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Take my money, please. Please take my money. Because that is something that I wanted to see for years. Oh, my God. I don't know where they go with this whole Sami Zayn thing, unless they're going to do Sami versus Braun at some point. I'm not sure. Okay, that's pretty much it on Mania hype. On a scale of 1 to 10 right now, let's wrap up this Mania thing because we got so much other stuff to talk about. Scale of 1 to 10, where are you as far as your excitement for Mania? Four. (laughs) Four out of ten, Bret Hart. That's it. I I have nothing else to say about it. I like (laughs) one or two matches, but it's it's not – it doesn't feel like Mania. I'm trying to think of the last Mania I was really hyped for, and I think it was 30. And ever since then, it's been like these awkward builds – that you're just like, uh, okay. Oh, man. You're the trying. The last video that I was ever into. God. I'm really kind of brain farting. But the last one that I actually saw was uh, Mania from two years ago. And that was the one where Shinsuke Nakamura went heel. After losing to AJ. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even want to talk about that match. I I hated that mania. Oh, my God. It's not, it's not You know what's crazy? Um, Someone in my Everything Pro Wrestling Facebook group puts up, like, uh, rank the last couple manias by, um, I don't know if it's by eras or the last five years or whatever. But mm-hmm. I thought that that would be up there. But that was, like, my second least favorite within the last five. I think it was p- between 30 and this one. Between 30 and 35, like, rank them. 
And uh, I thought that 34, I hate that show so much. I thought it'd be the worst, but it's not the worst to me in the last five years. <laughs> Will you actually touch upon that in a future episode of VPW? No, I, I'll tell you right now, I picked 32 as the worst. Uh, I reviewed that show, too, so you guys can see that in the archives. I absolutely oh. did not like that show. It had its oh. moments, but I'm not a fan of WrestleMania 32. I hear you. Okay. With WrestleMania, usually other promotions follow suit. Last year, they were out here in our neck of the woods, New York. I was able to attend the following shows. Uh, GCW Bloodsport 2, or Barnett's version of it, number one, which was April 4th. The next day was Russell Kahn's uh, U.S. versus the world at 11 a.m., followed by <clears throat> Rough Pro at, I believe it was 3 p.m. We follow that with April 6th, which was, okay, Pancakes and Pile Drivers 3 from the Wrestling Revolver, which featured to this date Isaiah Swerve Scott's last independent appearance as Shane Strickland. And I still say to this day that it gets me emotional because I was there. And how can we forget <laughs> on four sex? What we actually are calling G1 Supercar. Oh, man. That show, I'm still mixed up. Well, this year, with WWE being down in Florida, people are still expecting shows to go on there. As we've stated, the almighty empire is still planning to do their show. We'll but, see. <laughs> but <laughs> with that said, if WWE decides to take the dive to listen to their true conscience, which some of us, including me, are praying for, other promotions will get hurt. Rasslin Ranton, who I consider the KRS one of pro wrestling, another person who I respect very, very much, had Jenna from SOS WrestleTalk on this past week. And they were discussing the cancellation of shows because of this coronavirus thing. Okay, Conrad, what do you think of these cancellations? I feel like it's necessary at this point. We we don't know what we're dealing with, in all honesty. Uh, I know people are like, oh, it's the, a, a strand of the flu, everything else. Um... I don't feel like taking chances, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> like, nobody's trying to be sick, man. 
I know Rudy Gobert from the NBA. Uh, he's the center for the Utah Jazz, former Defensive Player of the Year. He was thinking it was a joke, too, until he got diagnosed with it. And now their top player, Donovan Mitchell, also has the coronavirus. Like, this is nothing to mess around with at this time. They're trying to make sure people don't have it. I don't know what's the best way to stop this. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. How long is this going to affect things? Exactly. I don't know. I, I, I honestly just bought tickets for um, Ring of Honor War of the Worlds. Like, I'm really hoping to see some New Japan guys on the card still. I don't know how else to feel about it. I'm just like, I hope that by the time everything's cleared up by this time in May when we go to the show. I hope so, too, because that's a boatload of money that you must have spent. Is uh, Derek and uh, your other homie actually going with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big group of us that usually go to the uh, wrestling events, so we'll we'll all be there. But just you want everything to work out all right, you know. You, I, I want the performers to be safe. I want to go and have a good time. I just want things back to normal. Is how I want to put it at this point. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear, brother. Speaking of what. Rasmus Ranton and Jana touched upon this in their uh, cancellation of shows. New Japan is coming here to New York. I actually touched upon this with our dear pal Max. They're coming out here for MSG in August, as it's slated right now. Well, I actually hinted at this, and I'll make the announcement. If by somehow, some way, Ticketmaster does not screw me over, I will buy a ticket, or even two tickets, to go there. Because not only am I meeting certain people, it's been over a year since i actually done this. And I've actually have taken care of myself better. And I think going back to MSG is a big reward for that. With that said, Conrad, are you possibly going to go? When I saw it pop up um, during Wrestle Kingdom, initially I was like, oh, I really, really want to go to this show. Now, it's tougher with my current situation. You know the personal life and everything else. Oh, uh, yes, it, I do. It's much, much more difficult for me to go to these types of shows now, uh, figuring out a way to review it. How do I get back? How can I go and come home immediately after? It's a big, 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 big mess when it comes to doing that. So right now, am I going? I'm going to leave it as a maybe. We'll see what happens. But... I would honestly love to go to a, a New Japan show in New York City. I think Wrestle Dynasty could be the hottest show of the year if uh, promoted right and they can get the hype levels right. Mm-hmm. I, I would love it, man. I'm glad to see New Japan showing up in New York City and big places like that. They deserve the uh, the nod. They've been producing some great wrestling content this year, and uh, I love it, man. I'm, I'm sad about the New Japan Cup and everything else that leads into it and the Olympics putting the pause on um, 
The G1. The G1, yes, dude. It's just everything's in a lull right now. Like, we got to figure out what's going on with everything. Oh, man. When I actually heard about this corona thing, I said, nah, shit. It's bad enough. We got to actually deal with this. uh, Oh, what's this crazy thing? The Olympics going on in Japan during the summer. And usually it's summertime from June to August is G1 time. Now this uh, corona thing, we don't know how long that's going to be. And it's majorly ballsy of New Japan to come out and say, we're still wanting to do this. Come back to New York. Kudos to them. Yeah, that that card could be really good, man. I would love to even see them partner up with some people, too, and get some matches on there like that. Mm. Speaking of which, do you think that uh, New Japan will use talent from the NWA, Ring of Honor, possibly AEW, and other promotions? Are you asking by that time of that show? Going into that show, do you think that talent that is not just their own will actually appear and wrestle for them? I will say that I do believe other talent will be on that show. I think it's going to be Ring of Honor. I can say that with pretty much some confidence. But NWA, not so sure of. Mm. Um and AEW, I feel even less sure of at this point. Uh, Tony Khan has put out some polite statements. I feel like us as wrestling fans, at least the category that we're in, um, we are clamoring for this relationship to just get approved so we can see some of these great matches. Oh, man. Just let it happen, guys. Like, that's all I want to say. I'm like, just let it rock. Let it oh, happen. Oh, Jesus. If I just got a vision in my head. I will probably Yiddish my pants if this actually happens. The Lucha Brothers come out to MSG and they're fighting for the IWGP Tag Team Championships or Ring of Honor Tag Team titles. Oh my God. That would be take my money even more. That would, that, they could do so many great things. Imagine if you just booked Orange Cassidy versus Yano just for 10 oh minutes of foolishness. <laughs> Money, I had to take off my glasses for because I'm starting to laugh so hard. That would draw so many people to that building. Oh man, alone. Orange Cassidy versus Yano. Oh man, I'm thinking about wrestling ranting right now. That would probably be something up his his alley because he likes Yano. Not only likes Yano, I think he re- respects Orange Cassidy to some degree. Oh, man. Matter of fact, our dear old friend Queen, you just sold her a ticket, man. I'm t- I think that would be a money matchup. Even if it wasn't big time, just try it. You know, dip your toe in the water. It feels fine. Come on yeah, in. Open it. I would actually not complain one second if they actually made that the opening. Great way to actually get the show going. A little bit of comedy and then get on to the seriousness. Exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Now I'm even more hyped. 
to get a ticket or two, willing that uh, New Japan sends me my actual pre-sale link and I could get to. I will possibly try and get to. Fingers crossed for you. Thank you, because the last time that New Japan came out here, I was hauling my behind to try and get some tickets, and it did not go through because everybody in the mama was on me that day. I said, oh, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going because people who actually had technical difficulties, not just me. So I couldn't meet uh, Tiffany from uh, that AEW podcast slash um, No Holds Barred Network. Uh, who else? I believe Queen was going to go. JPQ. And some other people who I really wanted to meet at that time. But like I said, willing I actually can get a ticket or two. If anybody cares out there. I'm really hoping to be there and meet some of y'all, especially to say thank you for the love and support that you've given me. Well, (laughs) speaking of our dear friends, social media, oh man, you and I, we both came up in the same bracket. I believe we're about roughly the same age. Social media's evolution or shall we say uh, devolution. What do you think about it? Uh, Are we keeping the strictly wrestling community or do you want to just touch on social media period? Let's go for both sides. Let's do it. Uh, I think social media, I, I'm one of those the yin and the yang of life type people. Uh, I think that there is good in a lot of things and there is bad in a lot of things. Um, as far as social media, the the good, when before could you ever have people find your podcast from all over the world via Facebook? Just by, hey, hit the like button on my podcast if you like listening to pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Retweet this for me. Like this, share this. What do you think of this picture of me at a wrestling show? Dope, right? Then you've got the other side of it, though. The comments, the the nitpicking, people taking things the wrong way. Uh, You see stuff like that all the time. Uh, I had a guy the other day, he definitely misunderstood what I said. He had asked me a question for something. I can't remember what it was. It was something, and I said... um, it wasn't clear what he was asking, and I said, is this your question? And he thought I meant it like, "What? what is, is this really what you're asking me? Like, in that frame. And I was like, no, 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 bro. It's fine that you're asking the question. I'm trying to understand what you're asking me. And uh, he didn't – but see, that's what happens when you don't personally know somebody or you're reading someone's text and you're interpreting it the way you want to. That sarcasm has no place for uh, text on the internet. It's the one thing I've always told people. I'm like, bro, that's people that. can't read your sarcasm sometimes. That's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah, so oh, mean what you say and say what you mean is something I try to kind of follow on social media. Once in a while, people come up with something that's, you know, funzy, cute, whatever. You can say whatever you want. But just 
keep it real with people and there's no reason to uh destroy people on there you know like sometimes people really go in on some people and it hurts them man it's a sad sad thing uh how social media has been used to take people down so and this is partially why i had to go for a while yeah besides everything that was going on with me at that time man it was starting to get way too toxic. Yo, but, no, I, I completely hear you with this sometimes. And the WWE, AEW bullshit, it needs to stop, too, as far as the wrestling community goes. I'm, I'm about tired of it. Uh, I know that I get dislikes on my videos sometimes. And for the AEW ones, I already know, WWE's way better. Why are you watching this garbage? <laughs> I see the comments. I get it. That's cool, man. If you feel that way. 100% respect you. I'm like, well, don't worry. There'll be a WWE review coming out, you know, whenever the next pay-per-view is, and I'll do one of those. Then I get on that one, and then you hear, why are you watching this garbage? AEW's way better. Dude, I don't need any of this. I like both. I can like both. There's no reason That's to pick each other against each other. That's the name everything for wrestling, folks. And yet these wannabe drones, they want to come in. Smack my man's around. Come on. You know what, though? It doesn't bother me because I expect it from people. It's not everybody. A lot of people enjoy both. And I'm just one of the people, I'm just bringing you my thoughts on pro wrestling. Honestly, I tell people I'm an opinionist most of the time. It's just my opinion. You can go listen to someone like Zach. You can listen to Zach's podcast and get a completely different feel for how he feels for a certain event. You can listen to a bunch of the other people in the wrestling community and how they feel for an event. They have different thoughts, completely different from me. I get it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I respect it. Uh, I love to listen to some other people's thoughts, too, on things sometimes. I like getting different perspectives. I usually don't block people unless you've done something really over the edge. Most of the time, though, I won't say anything to you again. I'll just leave it where it is. Maybe I'll give you a sarcastic uh, gif. Usually, if you get the uh, the okay in the eye roll with uh, Waka Flocka or the rock eye roll with uh, him in the background, that usually means I'm done with you at that point in an argument. So that that's just what it is, man. Um, and social media can cause a lot of like anxiety, even for people like me. Uh, I know some people will think like, oh, man, you got over 1K people following you. Dude. It's not a big deal. And I'm not saying that to downplay anybody who follows me. It's numbers, right? And that's mm-hmm. what I tell myself all the time. But you get caught up with some of that stuff, too. You get caught up in how come so-and-so got this opportunity and I didn't. You know, I'm very competitive. And I want stuff just like everyone else. But you have to remember, you're moving at your own pace. This is your story. And I, I try to remind myself of that all the time. And I can come on here and say all this stuff, too. But... I forget it at times, and I'm like, dude, remember, why are you doing this? This is fun. You love pro wrestling. That's why you started doing this. And I'm like, right, right. Don't don't get competitive. Some of these people are even my friends, and I'm just like, dude, I know I can do it just as good as them. Give me a chance. Somebody, uh, I want this opportunity. It comes with the yin and the yang, and I'll get a bunch of opportunities, and then it's dried up, and I've got nothing for a little bit. But I still talk my pro wrestling, and that's what you have to do at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm trying to find my way around that world. Oh, man, because there's so much. That's another reason why I stopped doing the social media a bit to some degree or another, too. There's so much of it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But these past near six months, keeping up with you, the MGB podcast, and others like Max, it's given me time to reflect on <clears throat> what did transpire as Brain Buster was really starting to subside. And I believe that I can come back. And I was listening to my last roaming around with uh, Mags and I almost cried because he actually said that there is a place for me still in that world. And if anybody does care, legit, I will be back. I am setting myself up into the frame of mind to do it and use it as a means of promoting this show. Not only that, but keeping up with certain people like Conrad, Mags, the MGBs, and hopefully repair relationships that I felt uh, were broken, hopefully can be truly repaired. And we've mentioned a few people that I burned and burned me. So if anybody in that group is listening, hopefully we can sit down like true adults and just hash it out and really get back to the point that we were at or even better. To piggyback off of uh, Mags, there absolutely is a place for you. Uh, I, I usually comment on people on Twitter when they feel like they're they, they usually write like I'm about to give up on the wrestling community, man. Anytime I say my opinion, I get told I'm stupid. Blah blah blah. I see a lot of people get told that, and um, don't listen to those people. Don't come on there for the drama. If you got to log off for a few days, log off for a few days. Honestly, I have not been on social media actively for the past couple days. I, I can admit it right now. Uh, I've just been <laughs> doing other things. I have not actively been on it. So if I've missed somebody's tweet, if I missed retweeting your podcast or helping you out, I apologize. I just have not been on it, though. Um, I've caught a couple people. I'll log in for a second. Oh, okay. I saw yours. I saw yours. Boop, 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 cool. Scroll through for a second, and then you're like, yeah, I'm done with this. Let me go back to whatever I was doing, making dinner, uh, helping my father, helping my wife with something, whatever it is. Um, it, it, it's just a, a different place, but I will say this, Zach. You uh, truly are one of the special people in the wrestling community, at least to me. Uh, when I got a lot of people onto my roundtables, um, it was just to get people, like I said, by the fans, for the fans. Even when I was coming on to Brain Buster, it didn't matter because that was still my catchphrase, and that's what I wanted to bring to Brain Buster Radio. And I knew it was important to get certain people on, and you and Chris were two people that I said, I definitely want to hear their opinions about pro wrestling uh, because I saw you guys often commenting on things. Um, Chris makes awesome, awesome designs, uh, just goodness all around with, uh, the work he does. And then you, you started, you finally started up the podcast and I told you once you were giving your opinions on the round table, I thought they were really good. And I thought that a podcast would help you be able to, uh, talk to people, 
get your voice out there more and just relate to more people, you know? It's not going to make you millions, millions. We actually started to bond a little bit more. Because I remember, I think it was a little bit before the G1 actually started. I actually really started to kick this thing into gear. After the MGBs, uh, Mad Attack, I think, was this a little bit before or after Switchbang? I think it was going into the road for uh, Switchbang. Is she still on uh, Twitter, by the way? Who, Switchblade? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see her on there still. Okay, she's still there, so good. Okay, I believe it was going into G1, and I did my reaction. And you were one of the few people that took me aside and said, oh, I want you on my show. And we actually talked it out and... Lo and behold, I was on that panel with uh, Chris, the show logo designer, and just genuine great artist. Oh, my God. I miss him. He's one of those people that I miss, besides you, Mags, and the Visionaries heads. Oh, man. I remember him actually designing my show's logo and almost cried right there and then. Because it felt like my vision. And then when he gave me the finished product, the rest was history, in my point. So if anybody that I would reconnect with on social media, it's you guys. Because you believed in me. Not just from the standpoint of podcasting, but you knew who I was by way of just talking to me for a while. And for that, I'm always grateful to you guys, and I want to come back because of that. Not for the drama and all this other, yeah. Let them have whatever's going on. I'm back for y'all and to try and mend fences. Like, Mags believes that I can do. Yeah, Mags. Mags is someone who is truly a, a great asset to the entire wrestling community. He is everywhere, everything, and the dude is really good. He busts his ass, and I'm glad to see him get his recognition that he's uh, getting with all of his podcasts and all of his work. Mags is truly a good dude. I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Yeah, he's kind of – he's older than us, but not truly like in the sense of, of father father and like he's an older brother to us but we refer to him kind of like as a father figure because he actually brought some of us on when we didn't really have a voice yet and because of him and others like yourself there's no black lines airspace legit i had the vision in my mind but i could not execute it until the likes of y'all kept on pushing me and I'm glad that I have done it. And you guys at Brain Busted, including Wolf, Queen, Joshy Boy, and JPQ, all y'all I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And for those on Brain Busted that I did wrong, again, I'm hoping that 
we can sit down truly as adults and hash it out and collab because I still respect what you guys are doing. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this show up with one topic that people who may not know you actually do not know. You are a rap fan. You were even a rap artist at some point. If I'm I did rap. <laughs> it's so funny that you brought that up and caught me off guard for a second. Yes, I uh, used to rap uh for years in high school um i did some stuff even in college and i i think i put out like a little mixtape back in 2008 oh do you actually got any uh digital versions of it i do not have digital versions of it thank goodness actually <laughs> uh <laughs> for some of the the song titles but um yeah, my, my rap career was just very different and weird. You know what I mean? It was something that was like a hobby and everything else. But uh, I used to battle rap people in high school, different things like that. And uh, since then, I've, I've slowed down on it a lot. Um, and my rap style changed towards the end a little bit even, too. When we released that mixtape, a lot of the songs were already written. Um, I, have, I had over like 100-something songs at, at one point. Um, I think I still have them all somewhere in this drawer here next to me. And during that time period, I wrote all those songs, whatever. Um, You do your thing. But writing all of that just brings back some great memories and everything else. But uh, I was given a CD by somebody one day to listen to. Now, this shows how different it was. I used to always come in with like these... Uh, prejudged kind of concepts beforehand. And I didn't even work with this guy too long. But it was a guy named Ed, and I believe he did uh, punk rock music. So, Ed, I don't know if you're ever out here and you happen to listen to this. I don't know if he was a wrestling fan or not. But Ed was in a tough point in his life, and he had a big rock band that could have made it really big, and then things kind of fell apart for him. And we ended up working at the same job one day. And... Ed hands me a CD and says, dude, I, I need you to listen to this CD. And I was like, what is it? He was like, it's Lupe Fiasco. Now, me only knowing his hit song, Kick Push, at the time, I was like, dude, this dude that sounds like Pharrell, I'm like, dude, I'm good on this. I don't need to hear this. <laughs> and um, he was like, no, I really want you to take it home and listen to it. And it was the uh, Food and Liquor album, the first one that I heard from him. And I took it home and I listened to it. And it's one of those things with me, uh, when I first had a car and everything else, I would put the CD in for a little bit, and I would kind of just let it marinate, you know? Like, you you listen to the songs once, and you're like, damn, okay, that was real. And during that time period, I was going through a really tough time of uh, different things. Uh, A breakup with a previous girl, uh, you're talking to a bunch of other different girls, you, you... Work sucks. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of that job because I didn't want to be there either at the time. Uh, You got good friends. I'm going to college. I'm stressed about that. Am I ever going to get my college degree? All these things are on my mind, right? Mm -hmm. And I listened to that Lupe Fiasco CD, and it absolutely changed how I rapped, what I talked about. Um so many things man that that cd really influenced me and i don't know if it was the beginning or the end of my rap career 
but it definitely changed what I wanted to talk about for uh, what people heard. In the middle of this production, though, like, so some of the songs on there, when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh, my God, why did I ever put this out? Because I don't feel that way anymore about, like, certain topics. So if people ever hear it, they'll know, like, some of the songs on there, I'm just like, oh, so cringe. I don't know why I wrote that. But it was a different point in time in my life, too. You know, when you're younger and you're writing rap songs, you you write, you say whatever you want. Because <laughs> you don't know what the real world's all about yet. Oh, man. A dear friend of mine, uh, <clears throat> he actually came up with this uh, nickname for me. One of my guests for the original Roaming Around, uh, my neighbor Raymond, or X-Ray, uh, neighbor. His brother-in-law, who happens to be the husband of his sister, who was on with him, he actually said to me in 2018 that I look like Ice Cube. <laughs> because at that point in time I was bearded up and I was kind of dressing uh, somewhat like him and he's like you look like this actor and he's kind of bearded up he was an anaconda I said you mean Ice Cube Ice Cube the rapper and he's I, and I literally had to show him a picture of him and he said, yep, you look like him. And ever since then, he's been calling me Cube. Ice Cube, a true legend in the rap game. Dude, I'm almost calling myself the Ice Cube of our, our industry. <laughs> a podcaster. I feel like I'm evolving almost, almost to the level of him, but I'm not, like, mega famous. I'm actually me but on a more calmer tip i think now and that's why i believe i could come back to social media and show people that i have changed a bit okay as we truly wrap this up okay conrad give me your top three rappers of all time don't make me do this. Um, top three, it's got to be, right? Top three. You're hurt. I'm not asking for a top ten. I, 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 no, asking. I've got a top. I usually have a top five that's like instant that I usually give. All right, give me your top five then. Is Okay, that's fair. Because I don't yes. ever like to leave people off. Top five, all time. My number one, Jay-Z. Uh, I respect Jay-Z's hustle, mindset, lyrical credibility, everything else. I think Jay-Z is one of the best of all time. I'm including business ventures and everything else into it because that's what rap music is about. Uh, number two, I have Eminem. I think Eminem really transcended the rap world because you never thought back in 1999 that that dude who made my name is uh, would do something great. In all honesty, I usually, if I hear my name is blah, 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 blah in a rap song, I'm like, oh, this dude's either brand new or he's garbage <laughs> for the most part. And um, Eminem found a way to make that successful. And that was early on when I was first starting to learn how to rap and everything else. Uh, so Eminem had a big influence on a lot of the things. So he's my number two. Number three, Tupac. Uh, oh, that's my favorite rapper. Yeah, Tupac has so many classics. 
that we could sit here for days and just talk about his awesome albums, how he came in. Uh, Tupac writes music that I feel anybody can uh, find a Tupac song and it, it hits you in the heart a little bit, you know? Hits you because he's talking about some real stuff. Number four is probably one of my honest favorites of all time, the Notorious B.I.G. Um, oh, you're speaking the homicides uh, heart right there. Yeah, uh, Biggie is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, honestly, my favorite Biggie song is Machine Gun Funk. Oh, if, if, see, most people used to go with the common ones that people love, but if you've ever heard Machine Gun Funk, I thought he was the baddest effing dude I've ever heard spit on the microphone when I heard that. Um, oh, and if you haven't is, listened to it, outside of uh, Sky's the Limit. All right, so yeah. the grand finale. Who's uh, at the end of the list? Nas. I think Nas is another person who came up. Uh, when I was first listening to rap music, no famous guest appearances on his first album. Just a kid from Queensbridge who just knew, like, yo, I- I'm about to tear it up. Uh, Nasty Nas was in your area. N- Nas is just dope, man. He's another, he's like Tupac, kind of. He speaks through his music, man, and it's it's deep. It's impactful. And uh, I just love so many of his songs, too, that I could go into it for days. But those would be my top five right now. And that could still be shaken up because I think there's a lot of good people still out there. Like I said, I mentioned Lupe Fiasco changed my life, but that's a personal level. But if I had to say who are my top five, those are the top five people I would pick. Like to me, in the uh, terms of basketball, I like to use with the top five. Uh, I dare someone to try and compete with that lineup because I think that are those are the five best that I could think of. Oh, man. And we'll touch upon your uh, top five basketball the next time you come on in. Ooh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a multiple dimensional show. We not only talk pro wrestling here, we talk music, we talk movies, we talk whatever is in life. With that said, this has been been one of my favorite episodes to record bar none legit oh man i hope that i can be back on epw when there is an actual panel because it was always fun whenever you brought me on i believe the last time we vocally spoke was exactly in august that night was very very good yeah, yeah, we could definitely try and uh, work something out. I know I have two coming up that are booked fully, but I I should have one soon. I'll see what I can do. I'll work on it. Uh, okay, you said that you got two coming up. Uh, if you don't mind elaborating, what are mm. they on? You want you want the exclusiveness? I haven't even announced them yet. Uh, I am working on two. I, I can't say if everybody's committed yet, so I won't say the names, but I do have two coming up. Uh, one for NXT TakeOver Tampa. was spo- These might be on hold, too. We don't know how this is going to work now. And the other oh. one was for a WrestleMania panel. But I think they're going to be really fun with the people, and everything will be timely for how I want to do it. Okay. I got to keep my ears out there. 
Is it anybody that we really keep close tabs on as we used to? I'm going to just hit you with the tune in. Tune in. Follow me on Twitter at EPW Show. Uh, we should have an announcement for it soon once I can make sure everybody will be ready for it. Okay. You heard the man, folks. He's at Everything Pro Wrestling on Twitter. He's one of the best heads that you can just get along with. Talking music, pro wrestling, whatever, that you can really sync up with. Like I said before, I am planning on returning, but I'm going to actually wait wait out the rest of this month in April. I will be back, I believe, after six months of me actually daily journaling. And here's the funny thing about that time frame. The day that I actually celebrate six months of writing every single day is exactly, I gotta believe now, the seventh anniversary of Bullet Club for me. Literally. And when I found that out, I said, oh, wow. So this should make a Courtney Summers or the uh, Switch Babe very, very happy that I'm not only returning, but we even got a little bit more to actually uh, link up about because I'm tied to Bullet Club now to some degree or another. All right, this has been uh, Zachary Shiloh. When you do look for me in May, ladies and gentlemen, I will be under the handle of BLK Lion 130. It is to catch up with certain folks like Conrad, the MGBs, my dear old little sister, the Switch Babe, and countless others, plus to plug away this show like I'm doing right now. Uh, Thank you. Guys... you. Oh. Oh. Uh, ask the question, comrade. I'm listening. No, no, I was, I was, get, I was ready to go. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well. Thanks for listening to Black Lions Airspace and looking through my eyesight. This, is, again, is Zachary Shiloh. And I will let our guest do the outro. Sorry, I jumped the gun there before, people. Uh, but we're live, pal, right? Um, you guys can catch me on Twitter at EPW Show. Um, anything else on YouTube, type in everything pro wrestling. You guys will find me on there. I'm over 1.1 subscribers right now. Mean a great deal to me. If you guys could show up, subscribe, check out the live, uh, weekly things that we do. We usually review AEW dynamite, uh, wrestling pay-per-views after they happen. So if you guys could please check out everything pro wrestling on YouTube. Also, if you guys check out my link tree, which is on, my Instagram, all the bio pages for it. Uh, you guys can find all of the links for everything to merch stores and everything else and audio platforms as well. So you guys can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, 
wherever you like to listen to your podcast, type in everything pro wrestling and you will find us. And last but not least, I have to thank my friend Zach for having me on. Hopefully I get to come back again uh, and record another episode with him in the near future. But thank you for having me on, Zach. It's always a pleasure. And we will actually have you back on because you actually hinted at something that should be talked about in the next episode that we do have here. All right, we're out of here, folks. Take care of yourselves. And this also is dedicated to anybody affected by the coronavirus. Please take care of yourselves, your friends and families. One goal, one aim, one road, one focus. The world is a crazy place. Let's just love each other. Take care.